Hello, and welcome to The Anxious Adventurer. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I'm so thrilled you're here. I'm Katie Schlegel, your host of The Anxious Adventurer, and as you may have guessed, I am an anxious adventurer. I know that sounds contradicting, but I'm here to tell you that if the thought of traveling somewhere brings up those feelings of anxiety, you've come to the right place. I've traveled to over 17 countries around the world. I've lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and trekked across South America solo. I don't say these things to impress you. No, that's not what I'm here for. I say these things to let you know that every single one of those experiences had moments where my anxiety made me feel like I could not do it. So if that's how you feel or have ever felt, you are not alone. So I'm curious, dear anxious adventurer, on your many adventures around the world, have you ever had a week or maybe it was an entire trip where everything that could go wrong did go wrong? Well, that's what happened to me on my very first solo trip to South America. From the moment I started planning the trip to the first week I arrived to my destination, things just did not go according to plan. It definitely made me rethink my love of travel and almost made me throw in the towel. So in today's episode, I will lead you down a series of unfortunate events that ultimately left me stranded and alone in one of the largest cities in South America. It was a lesson I needed to learn, but not one I wanted to learn on my first trip traveling by myself. I will say this though, the events leading up to it and what happened after were truly synchronistic. They all happened for a reason so that I could see how miracles really do happen if you're open to receiving them. Throughout this episode, I will also be sprinkling in some travel safety tips as we travel along together. My hope is that you will learn from my mistakes because I made a lot, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So without further ado, I want you to grab your passport because we're about to head to one of my most favorite cities on this planet, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Welcome to Buenos Aires, Argentina, also known as the Paris of South America. Walking the streets of Buenos Aires, you feel the past, the present, and the future all rolled up into one. The city holds so much history and so many secrets. You feel the hurt and the pain of the past as you take each step on its cobblestone streets. Her people are strong, passionate, and resilient. Off in the distance, you hear music that takes you back to a different moment in time. A time when the tango was dancing in the streets. Have you been to Buenos Aires, Argentina? Many times when I tell people of my travels to Argentina, they either know it well or don't quite remember where it is in South America. So here are some facts to get you two more acquainted. Argentina spans an area of over 1 million square miles. It is the second largest country in South America, Brazil being the first. It's the fourth largest country in the Americas and the eighth largest in the world. It shares the southern half of South America with Chile to its west. It's also bordered by Bolivia and Paraguay to the north and Brazil to the northeast. And let's not forget about Uruguay. 
it's nestled in there too, just between Argentina and Brazil. Argentina is a country of ebbs and flows. I'm always amazed at how resilient her people are. There's so much I want to tell you about Argentina, but I'll unpack all of that over future episodes. For today, let's start our adventure and venture out into the city of Buenos Aires. But first, a little background on how this all began. Let me take you back to about 18 years ago. I knew from a very young age I wanted to experience life in another country, even if it was just for a brief moment in time. I've always been the curious sort. I was 21 years old and off on my next adventure. It was my second to last semester in college, and I had to choose a country and a city to complete a study abroad program in, a city where I had to learn how to make my own cultural connections. I was all set to go to Kabul, Afghanistan, when my parents frantically told me they would be so incredibly worried if I were to go there. At that time, it was just as volatile as it is now. I remember a phone call with the director of a women's organization in Kabul that I was planning on interning at. During our conversation, she told me each morning they would send for me in a private car with security, just so I would be safe. I think it was at that point I realized the panic I was putting my parents through. I had worked all semester long creating my program for Kabul. The degree I have is in Global Studies, a relatively new degree at the university at the time. And if you're not familiar with it, think cultural anthropology. The task at hand was to create my very own study abroad program in a country of choice. After having to pivot, I was left with starting all over in my quest to find a new country, a new city, and new contacts, all within a matter of two months time. I was so stressed out and yes, super anxious about the whole thing. My goal was to spend a good six months in the city and country I chose, so I was on a time crunch for sure. Stressed out and seriously over it all, I went to my brother, who had previously gone through the same bachelor's degree program. I told him my frustration, and he mentioned that he knew a woman who was from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I didn't know much about the country or the culture. I knew they spoke Spanish, And as you can probably remember, my vocabulary at the time consisted of hola and si. But with no other options coming to me, I agreed to a meeting. When I sat down with her, I started to explain my predicament. And guess what? Within a matter of an hour's time, she had called a friend of hers in Buenos Aires, set up a homestay with her, and basically told me I better go buy my ticket because people were waiting for me in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I felt like I was in a whirlwind. It all happened so quickly, but I had to commit to something or I wouldn't complete my degree. So I packed my bags and really not knowing anything about the country or her people, I got on a plane by myself and flew to Buenos Aires. Back then, packing and suitcases were not as efficient as they are now. Plus, I had a whole duffel bag of just books for my studies, since I had no time to do research beforehand. When I set foot in Buenos Aires, I was literally cursing myself for bringing so many heavy books. 
I remember not being able to find a trolley for my bags, so I dragged my duffel bag full of books to the immigration area. I was huffing and puffing and about to collapse. Then the guy checking the bags asked me something in Spanish. Well, that did it. I fell apart. I was exhausted from the 16 plus hour flight. I didn't know any Spanish and had the heaviest bag on earth. At that point, I collapsed and started to cry. What the H-E-L-L did I get myself into? I am not ready for this, I thought. This was a huge mistake, and my anxiety started to bubble up. He must have sensed or seen my panic. I'm sure I had the worst look on my face. He told me what I could only assume was relax in Spanish and showed me what I needed to do to pass through immigration through a lot of hand gestures. Thank goodness for body language. He helped me with my bags and sent me on my way with a wave and a smile. The first couple days in the city continued to be a whirlwind. I thought I was staying with someone who spoke English, and Karina, my host sister, thought I spoke at least a little bit of Spanish. Looking back on it, it must have been so comical watching us interact in those very first few days. Spanish, English dictionary in hand, translating each other's sentences piece by piece. What patience she must have had to have with me. This was before Google Translate or really anything on the internet that could help. Frustrated and feeling really alone, I wanted to give up and head back home. I didn't care about getting a degree or anything really at that point in time. I just wanted the comfort of my home and my mom. But then I remembered something my mom said to me when I first set off to college. She said, Katie, if it's too hard and you can't do it, you can always come back home. It sounds like a way out, doesn't it? But in its own brilliant way, it made me feel like I could do it. And if I couldn't, I could always go back home if I wanted to. With new resilience, I somehow found a two-week deep dive course in Spanish. However, it was in the city center. And here's where I'll pause and let you in on some fun facts about Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires can be translated as fair winds or good airs, but the former was the meaning intended by the founders in the 16th century. On any given day, the city has a ton that is going on. From political protest marches in the streets to tango being danced on the subway, Yep, trust me, I've seen it and it's pretty amazing how they keep their balance and don't hit anyone in the process. Every weekend you can find several fairs going on in different parts of the city, from San Telmo to Recoleta to Palermo. And all these neighborhoods have amazing architecture and are full of life. It's also known as a city that never sleeps. They eat late, they stay out late, and get up and do it all again the next day. It has so much life and energy. Her people are known as porteños, or translated to people or person of the port. They, like their Uruguayan neighbors, drink mate every day. It's a delicious tea drink that I'll fill you in on in a later episode. Oh, Buenos Aires, how I love that city. I could go on and on, but I want to come back to the story at hand. A little tale that I like to call how to get your wallet stolen while traveling. Now, I know you may be thinking, um, excuse me, 
why would I want to go out of my way to get my wallet stolen? Well, obviously, you don't want to get your wallet stolen while traveling. That was just to get your attention. However, through my account of getting my wallet stolen, I learned some valuable lessons that I would like to share with you today. This is more of a tale of what not to do, as well as what to do when, slash if, this ever happens to you. Wherever you are in this world, having anything stolen from you makes you feel very vulnerable, not to mention super anxious. You try to assess what you could have done differently to avoid it, but in reality, it happens. If you're willing to see the silver lining, you are the better for it. As I told you before, it was my first time traveling abroad solo. I had no idea what to expect and therefore no way to really prepare for it. I signed myself up for those Spanish immersion classes in the city, hoping it would help accelerate my learning. And it was my first day. I made it to El Centro by myself on a train that I had only ridden once. After the morning lessons, it was lunchtime and I had a break for myself. I could either eat lunch on a stiff chair in the hallway staring at a wall or go outside and see the city. I chose to sit outside and see the city. After all, it was my first day solo and I was feeling pretty darn confident in my street skills. I found a cozy shaded bench in a nearby park and set out to eat my lunch as the sun speckled its way through the tree leaves above. I am a lover of people watching and was so fascinated by everything that was happening around me. I mean, who wouldn't be? As I munched on my delicious apple, a man walked by me and dropped his keys right in front of my feet. He was a well-dressed man. He had a suit, a tie, and really shiny shoes, I remember. He dressed like he really cared about his appearance. I saw the keys at my feet and my instinct kicked in. So I picked them up, grabbed a bag, and ran after him yelling, Senor, Senor. He turned around and saw the keys in my hand took them, and said thank you with a little bow of his head. And that was it. I walked away with a smile on my face, thinking I had done something good that day. All of a sudden, I had this terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. You know, the one where you want to throw up right then and there? I went to another bench in the park, put my bag down, and opened it up. And that's when I realized my wallet had indeed been stolen. What? I couldn't believe it. I just helped some poor man who dropped his keys and somehow the universe repays me with this? I mean, come on. I don't know quite how it happened, but looking back on it, somehow, when he dropped the keys in front of me, he had lifted my wallet while I was distracted looking down at the keys. Ugh. I sat there stunned. I didn't know much about the city, but I was starting not to like it at all. Thankfully... I only had cash in my wallet. All of my valuables, documents, and credit cards were in my traveler's belt, safely close to me. But still, I had no money to get back on the train and really no way of communicating my story. After all, as you remember, my Spanish consisted now, after my class, of si, hola, no, and señor y señora. <laughs> and here is your first travel safety tip. Keep valuable documents either in a money belt or locked in a secure safe back at your hostel, hotel, or homestay. 
never carry them around in your purse or pocket. Now at that time in Buenos Aires, the banks held crazy hours, which I didn't know. So by the afternoon, all of them were closed, which left me with no way of getting more cash. All I had left was about 20 cents, and I needed at least 50 cents to get home. And here's your travel safety tip number two. Keep some money stashed in your bra or your sock or somewhere no one can easily get to. An extra credit card or debit card is always a good idea to keep in your bra or sock as well. So what was a girl to do? I went to my Spanish class trying to explain what happened with no luck there. Everyone only spoke Spanish. It was a Spanish immersion class after all. So after that, I had no choice but to go to the train station and try to figure this out by myself. I walked there head down and defeated, not knowing how I was going to get back home. And then something interesting happened. I went to the ticket booth at the train station and tried to explain to the best of my ability what happened. The man in the booth must have taken pity on me because he let me buy a ticket for 20 cents. I felt like the wind shifted and suddenly fate was back on my side. Now, if you have ever tried to take public transportation in a country where you do not speak the language, let alone read it, taking a train or a bus can be tricky, each one going in different directions to all sorts of places. Luckily, that morning I paid attention to the train I was on. Unluckily, that morning, I didn't pay attention to the train stop I needed to get off at. So if you're already thinking, uh-oh, then you probably can guess what happened next. Travel safety tip number three. Always, and I mean always, make a mental note, if not an actual note, of where you get on and off the train, bus, or subway. Carry a little travel notebook with you at all times. Make note of the cross streets, the stores on the corners, or take a picture to reference later. You can even use the notes app you have on your phone. Anything really that will help remind you of what's around you. And yes, you probably guessed it, I totally missed my stop. It wasn't until three stops later that I realized I missed it too. I was so frustrated with myself not to mention really scared. At the time, public transit in Buenos Aires had you purchase your ticket according to where you were going. So I had no money now to get another ticket back to my stop. By now, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, well, how is she gonna pull this one off? Throw in some panic and I was right there with you. I literally was in full panic mode. Imagination going places it shouldn't be going to the point where I was surely going to die. Talk about your anxiety attack. I was literally breaking down on some far out of the way place on a train platform where nothing looked familiar. And here's your travel safety tip number four. When panic or anxiety sets in, try to stay as calm as you can. One thing I've learned is to take deep, deep breaths and whoosh it out your mouth. You can literally do that now with me so you can feel the difference. I'll explain it first and then we'll do it together. Inhale deep into your lower belly and lower back ribs. Then exhale out your mouth with a whoosh sound. Okay, let's try it together. Inhale 
And exhale with a whoosh. You may look totally odd, but trust me, it works wonders for bringing you back into the moment and grounding yourself. You may have to do it a few times in a row for it to really take effect though. Taking a moment to gather yourself will give you the clarity you need to assess the situation with a level head. You will not get anywhere acting in panic mode. With that being said, somehow I pulled myself together, crossed the tracks, and took a deep breath like we just practiced together. At this point, I had four options. One, sit there and cry, which was really not an option. Two, try to walk back to my neighborhood with no map, not a smart or safe option. Three, get on the train without a ticket, really not a good option unless I wanted to get a free ride to the police station. Or four, try to explain once again what happened to the guy at the ticket booth and again hope he had pity on me and would give me a free ticket. And really, this was the only option there was. Well, that option didn't work. (laughs) I tried and I failed miserably. Just when I started to give up hope, a little grandma and her granddaughter saw my distress. Somehow, and I really don't know how, they understood exactly what happened to me and bought me a train ticket. Again, somehow, and don't ask me how. (laughs) She knew exactly where I needed to get off. She didn't speak any English, and remember, I didn't speak hardly any Spanish. But again, somehow we communicated. She ended up getting off at the stop just before mine and told me to remember the next stop is the one I have to get off on. Again, I don't know how I understood anything she was saying to me, but it was like we understood each other without even speaking the same language. I made it home with one more blunder of missing my stop again. I know. But luckily, this time I recognized the neighborhood and was able to walk home from there. It was almost dark by the time I got back home. My host sister was worried sick. She made me some mate, and over our Spanish-English dictionary, I told her my tale of unfortunate yet somehow fortuitous events of the day. So travel safety tip number five. Find a way to comfort yourself at the end of the day if something like this happens to you. It wasn't your fault. Things happen. The way you react to it is what counts. So try not to beat yourself up about it and take it as a lesson learned. I know you may be thinking, well, this girl totally went out of her way to make all that happen. But I didn't. I did do some things that I should not have done and some things I have no idea how I did them. But what I do know is I totally learned how to get my wallet stolen. It was a good lesson to learn and I am indeed a better traveler for it. How you may ask? Well, I not only learned a big lesson in what not to do, but even more so, I got my first real taste of random acts of kindness from a complete stranger who sincerely had my best interest at heart. The other thing I learned from this was that no matter where I am in the world, I try to pay those acts of kindness forward. And here is your travel safety tip. Number six, the final one. Practice good deeds always pay it forward because you never know 
when you'll need that help. As I close, I will leave you with these thoughts on what is to come from these Anxious Adventurer episodes. The things I tell you here, you may think sometimes that I reveal too much of myself. One thing you will get to know about me is, I have never really been afraid to lay my heart open for others to see. In the past, people have worried about my state of being from the things I may have written or said, but my thought is this, Everyone goes through these struggles, some more than others. And who am I to keep what I'm experiencing inside for only me? To me, that is the very opposite of what defines an experience, don't you think? In my humble opinion, you're supposed to live it and then retell it. That's what storytelling is all about. For at the very least, others can either learn from it or just hear and know that someone too is going through similar struggles or experiencing anxiety when they travel and all the other things that life brings your way, like those moments of laughter, joy, love, pain, or heartbreak. If I don't share my vulnerable moments, then who am I to say that I've experienced anything at all? And for those of you who are anxious, but so badly want to experience an adventure of your own. I encourage you to live in this moment, in this time, and take that leap into the unknown, no matter how scary it may be. There is a whole world out there waiting to be explored. And remember, I'm right here with you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I hope you learned a little laughed a little, and maybe it left you with some food for thought. Or at least put a smile on your face, I hope. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, ciao, besos.